Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. All right, everybody, welcome back into another episode of Two Guys, One Shaker Cup. Ryan Buckeye, Joshua Shaw, back with a topic today that's not necessarily, I wouldn't say it's not in our wheelhouse because you and I are both, we're men. This is what we, like, This is what men are supposed to do. Drink beer, have a remote in our hands, and watch professional sports on television. And that's what we're going to talk about today, professional sports as it sits today, but you had a great idea. It's like, Ryan, what does sports look like in 25 years? What organizations are left around? Like what the dynamic of sports and, and the, how we consume it, this is going to change. So this is a topic I'm stoked about, man, because I, you are uh, you're an Ohio boy. So I'm assuming, I don't know if you're a Buckeye fan in terms of college football. If you are, we're going to end this conversation right now. Um, but it's uh, you and I actually never like really talked sports before. So now we get a chance to sit back and actually get our masculinity back and act like men for once on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I think this is uh, this is our job as men to talk about this subject matter. I think it's, uh, you know, though we could we could probably jam about a lot of current stuff and whatever, but uh, I think it's also fun for us to think about like, what is going to happen when we're just old farts, and are we going to still be able to enjoy sports the way we used to, or is it going to look completely different? Like, are we not even going to even be able to just think about it in the context of today? Is mm-hmm. it going to be closely some close iteration? I, I don't know. I mean, right. I, that's a conversation I hope we have because I think it's just a fun thing to think about. It's just, you know, it's one of those things that I think anybody listening to this maybe have, have been sitting around drinking some beers with their boys uh, and thought about it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. It yeah. First off, when you say when we're old farts, like you're an old fart when you start using the word old fart, Josh. So you have officially crossed that line into I, adulthood. I accept that. I accept that I'm an old fart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because I, so for me, I grew up watching sports, loving sports. Like every kid has this goal of being a professional football player, a professional baseball player, whatever it might be. Most of people listening to this podcast probably participated in some sort of sporting event. And then when they left that sporting event, it, they probably cried and had a hard time with it. Um, sports, even in 2019, are completely different today than they were 10 years ago for us. I mean, I, I, I look at using the NFL as an example because that's probably the, the biggest monkey in the entire room. You talk National Football League and how – that organization in itself over the last just three to five years has drastically changed in terms of their rules. And now the entertainment value of that is less and less than you had the national anthem protesting thing, which turned a bunch of people off. But more importantly, I think about like high school organizations here in Minnesota, and it's not nearly as much as in Texas because Texas, like football is life. But Minnesota, the, the recruitment and the participation in tackle football at the high school level is down dramatically. Like, Dramatically. And I think that's representative of across the nation with parents not allowing their kids to play contact sports like football because of the head injuries and everything else that we've learned. So I'll start with the NFL. I'm going to make a bold statement. Like in 25 years, I don't know if the NFL is going to be around anymore, Josh. I don't know if at least the NFL that we know today may no longer exist in 25 years. And I think that would be the one sport, even if there's financial struggles amongst like the MLS or whatever it might be. Football is just, it's hurting. The ratings show it's hurting. The participation is showing it's hurting. So give it 25 years, unless they can make that sport and they wear bumper pads, I don't know if it sticks around. Yeah, I mean, I think it can go in one of two ways. Like you said, I mean, it could become extremely kind of safe and, you know, the perception from society wants it to be, you know, flag football or two-hand touch. 
Um, I kind of even think about it maybe in the opposite direction, probably you know, more extreme maybe. Maybe there's this level where we've we finally got to the point where we go, okay, they know the risks, they know what's going on, and maybe we just go right back to it and we just let everything kind of happen, kind of more towards the extreme level, let the players be enhanced, um, kind of just go at it and say, hey, if you want to sign up for this and this is the way you want to make money, there's some repercussions that are going to come with it. Um, if you're not into that, there's a lot of other options for you. And I think that's where people are at now is that you're seeing youth rates go down. You're seeing that kind of finally start to trickle into some of the higher ones where it's um, you know, high school or college or now even pro level. You have guys retiring after a year or two. It's yeah. just um, it's kind of it's kind of crazy that it's happened so quickly. And, and I don't want to be that guy uh, that is kind of glossing over that there is some real kind of risks that happen with uh, the way that the game is played today and with head injuries and, and things like that. I'll say from a, from a product standpoint, if I'm just a consumer of mm -hmm. the product, it's not as enjoyable as it was when you had guys like Ronnie Lott or, you know, Shantae, like, like throwing their bodies at people and just blasting them coming down the middle while they're catching a pass. Now it's kind of like, Hey, where do I hit this guy? What do I do? What do I, you know, like it's, right. it's not as enjoyable because you could see it happening and you're like, Ugh. like it, it's not as, I don't know. I, I just don't know if it's going to stick around that way. I just, it either goes away. It just kind of crumbles because it just becomes too soft for mm -hmm. people or, Somebody decides, hey, let's go the total opposite direction and just let's go crazy with it. Yeah, and you think about that flip side, and I know we're, we're spending time on football, but I think that's that's obviously the most consumed sport in the, in America, and that's probably most of our listening audience. But then you take like the XFL from several years ago when Vince McMahon from WWE tried to start this extreme football organization. The problem with when you have extreme and people understand the risks and now we allow them to be enhanced is these athletes who actually have athletic skills may be choosing to pursue other sports instead of a sport that's this extreme. So now you're getting subpar athletes that do an extreme football that the product on the field might also suffer because it's just not as good talent-wise. Sure, the hits are there. Sure, the contact's there. People love that. But if the product, like the XFL, the product was terrible. So, I mean, that, and there was other things in terms of that management of that organization back then. Now I know they're rebooting it again here in the future. Um, it failed because ultimately, like, the product was just that bad. So it would be very interesting to see, okay, if the NFL goes away and this XFL thing comes back and, and also now there's an extreme version of sports. And But we're, we are attracted to football as a society in general. Like, that was basically – the American pastime is baseball, right? But I think football is what most of us enjoy watching most on Sundays and, and Monday nights. Um, it's just, it's, it's, if you make it too safe, like you said, like who's going to watch two and touch or flag football on TV? No one's going to watch that. I mean, it, people have a hard time watching the Pro Bowl because it's a joke. And then, um, you know, and football in itself is, is, was once upon a time so enjoyable. There's like ESPN would have their, their top 10 highlights and they'd always be a major hit or in NASCAR yeah. or crash. Like we, as a society that consume this stuff, we like that, ex that, that extreme stance. Like we like it when, yeah. A car, like I watch NASCAR. I, if I do, it's like I watch it for the crashes. Like I don't watch NASCAR, NASCAR ever. But like, if there's a crash, I might Google it and check it out. But that's yeah. that's like our twisted point of view on sports uh, that is going away because even there's less crashes, crash, crashes in NASCAR. But at least it's more safe. But football, being the biggest sport here, is just the big elephant in the room that I think is going to be the one that really in the next even five years is going to be telling in terms of like where this organization goes because you have a 
You have a, uh, a Roger Goodell who makes like $40 million a year or some crazy number like that, controlling this organization in which the players are having a hard time enjoying playing for. You have great players retiring after a year because they fear for their safety, and kids are no longer participating in football. So what if, if football goes away, then like what is the next sport in our country that potentially steps in? And that's a great question to even think about too because basketball is popular, baseball is popular, hockey is like the only organization in the last couple of years to get expansion teams. So it's like, and I'm not a hockey connoisseur myself, but I know people love it. So I don't know, like what you think. Yeah, I mean, I think that, and this is taken a little bit outside of the sports world, but just kind of thinking about how um, you know, social media and the internet has kind of created such a smaller world in general and mm-hmm. how um, just, I think it's, if we're going to take a place of like a NFL, it's going to be something that's more of a global approach. So you Soccer makes sense. I don't. Yeah. I'm. I'm not into soccer. Um, you it's know, going. Just, as a as a person, I just don't really right. like to watch the. I watch like the World Cup and I watch the Olympics, but um, that's more from like a, a national like yeah. pride type of a situation over watching the product. Um, I think the NBA has done the best job at moving towards a global product. Okay. Um, so I would like to probably see the NBA probably take a bigger. A piece of that. I think soccer is kind of, it's the gross there, the numbers are there, that it's just from the youth level and everything, it's just so popular that it's going to become a very much a, a U.S. popular thing, even though right now maybe it's a second tier uh, level. And I know we're going to probably get some hate from some soccer fans that really think it's, you know, this great thing. But right now, I mean, realistically in the U.S., it's, a, it's still a second tier um, sport with hockey and, mm-hmm. and a couple of the other ones. But to me, I think the NBA is doing a really good job positioning themselves globally to be around in the next 25, 50 years. They also are really good at um, technology. Yeah. I think like they're really at the front of it with um some of like even the virtual reality stuff you can you can watch a game courtside i guess you know kind of in a sense with your um with your vr headset where you're sitting courtside watching the game it's shot in vr so you can watch it that way so it's they're kind of leading i think in a lot of ways that some of the other sports are a little bit more cautious on they're also probably an important thing to know like with social media and everything like they're very willing to just like give away all of their digital assets. Like they want people to cut it up and make uh, different highlight films and different, like, because they understand that the more exposure, the better in a digital uh, social type of a sharing world. And I think they do a great job of that. So I think who, you know, Adam, Adam Silver, I think is running that. I think he maybe has a vision for much longer period of time than some of the other commissioners. Yeah. NBA is, um, it's one of my favorite sports actually to watch. And I know some people listening to this probably hate it for whatever reason, but it's a superstar driven sports in which it gathers a lot of eyes. Like LeBron James happens once in a lifetime. Michael Jordan happens once in a lifetime. We had a Kobe Bryant, like these superstars really drove viewership. And I think when we talk about NBA and we talk about major league baseball, and then we look at say the NFL, for instance, all three major organizations made major rule changes in the last three to five years. And I touched on this before, but the only organization that made rule changes in which kind of turned off the consumer was the NFL. The NBA shortened the shot clock on an offensive rebound from 24 to 14 seconds to speed up the, the game. Uh, in terms of baseball, they add a, a basically a, a countdown in terms of like how long it can be between innings and how many mound visits you get to shorten the game because that was a gripe from the consumer. I believe hockey made the nets bigger so that way there'd be more goals and make it more exciting. So the NFL is 
is just making these things, which is the right thing to do. Like what the NFL is doing is probably the right thing to do for player safety. It just doesn't translate to ratings and viewership, which is why my fear there. But you mentioned the NBA being a global brand. Like if you've ever seen uh, an NBA superstar like Dwayne Wade or LeBron or whoever go to China, like they freak out. I mean, it is like they are, they are bigger in China Mm -hmm. than they are sometimes here in America. And that's it's it, and we mentioned soccer too, and soccer is going to rise. And there was we got a team here in Minneapolis, and like each game now is sold out. People love it, but I think that the American consumer still kind of consumes the international version of soccer more, like the uh, um, like the Premier League, different things like that. They're on TV, um, like Liverpool and Manchester United, and all those big teams. But the NBA is probably going to be the closest thing, to, like you said, to basically what soccer is over overseas. The NBA is like that here because it translates really well to overseas. So I don't foresee the NBA going anywhere. Uh, you know, but they they also need to make sure that they keep having superstars because that's what brings eyes to the game. Like I, I look at Kawhi Leonard, who's in the NBA Finals right now, and when this podcast publishes, it's probably going to publish while the finals are still going on. But he is probably the second best player in the world, right after LeBron James. Maybe third best if you think Steph Curry. But he's not. He's not interesting. Like he's got no personality. He's not. He's a superstar, but he's not LeBron James superstar. So if the NBA has a bunch of players like Kawhi Leonard, maybe a lot of people aren't going to want to watch. But when you have a superstar with the personality of LeBron James or Steph Curry uh, or like what Shaq was when he played, like those are what get people drawn into the game. I think they need to keep producing that within that sport. And I would like to see that happen. And I guess baseball had it once upon a time with like your Alex Rodriguez's and, and yeah. things like that. Now it's. You have like your Mike Trouts and you have your Bryce Harpers, which are young, awesome kids. Uh, hockey, I'm sorry, I don't know enough about it, but I'm assuming that the hockey's just crazy because they get like 20 year contracts for X amount of dollars. But um, you know, it's I think that think of it this way: so people listening to this podcast might know my background came from the pro wrestling world. Now, pro wrestling is a scripted form of entertainment, considered sports entertainment. But I think that entertainment aspect that's injected into that sport is what draws people in. So if you can inject entertainment into baseball, into hockey, into basketball, into football, somehow, I think you'll get more eyes on the sport. Like, let the players in football celebrate in the end zone. For Christ's sakes, don't flag them. Let them have fun. People love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I think with the NBA being that, one, there's not a uh, mask or a helmet that covers up their face, so people know their face. Two, it's only five guys on the court other than maybe 11 or 9 or, you know, whatever. So you have more of a star kind of influencer type of appeal to the NBA. And I think the NBA also does the best job out of any sports league to let their players be more than sports athletes. Mm. They they kind of let them speak their mind about things. They let them kind of be about more. And I think that that those that might turn some people off that, especially we're talking about the, the NFL thing with the, with the, um, current situation with some of them uh, protesting with the national anthem, right. but the NBA is kind of taking a stance where, hey, we want you to be more than that because we know personal brands, if they're done correctly, are going to bring a lot of eyeballs to our game. And I think whoever's running it, if they continue to keep that mindset, they'll probably do extremely well even in the future. And I, I think like they're probably going to take some elements probably. I think soccer and basketball are going to probably align themselves pretty well in terms of how they structure uh, globally. I think that you're going to see the NBA maybe have like some international type of a league where you have these different tiers and you diff- different things are going to happen. Same with the um, so with soccer. I think the MLS turns into some element of like you know just a global big 
type of a situation where you have tiered program. And I like that. I like that better than think about it in the, in the NFL. Like if the bottom couple teams dropped off, they had to go play in college or something like, so you know, like whatever right. that is, like how fun would that be? Because then all the games end up patterning all the time because you don't want to drop down to the lower tier. That lower tier doesn't have TV ads and a bunch of other things that you'd want as ownership. You would want to always go out and get the best people and, and support the best facilities and whatever it just kind of it's a meritocracy over um you earn that spot and you're never going to be able to give it up other than if the fans just completely stop showing up and then you move the team somewhere yeah and you brought up a really interesting comment on the nba being no masks so the so the consumers us the audience can see what these players look like social media also happen helps them uh but the fact in the nba one thing that really helps that sport is there's a chance for a player to make a play on every play like in the NFL, if you're on offense, you have to sit when the other team's on defense. Um, you know, hockey is similar to the NBA, but they switch out quite a bit. In the NBA, LeBron James might play for eight straight minutes, and that eight minutes, he might get up 20 shots. And that's an opportunity for him to score, become a superstar, make it entertaining, that nonstop action. Because the biggest gripe, at least from a consumer going to a professional sporting event, is A, the, the view's not like it is on your 80-inch TV at home, right? So, But at the same time, like the sitting around, the waiting – that's annoying for people. Then you sit in traffic. Then you pay all those prices. So that's a that's a conversation for another day in terms of like consuming sports in person versus how we do it. Um, but the NBA, they've always been ahead of the curve. I mean, they came out with like NBA TV, which was a digital streaming service early on. MLB TV did the same thing. They were kind of ahead of the curve while everybody else was relying on digital and cable platforms uh, for their outlets. Uh, but I, I do want to talk about a sport that – we talked about earlier on one of our podcasts, and that's the esports, because it's like, where where does that fit into this whole thing? Because Twitch and all these different streaming services have like millions of followers and people who watch all these live streams. Like, at some point in the next twenty five years, if we live in a digital era and it's going to keep going, it's not going to slow down. Like, is that going to be kind of like a new staple in society that we're going to sit down on TV at Thursday nights at seven o'clock and watch Josh Shaw versus Ryan Buckeye in Call of Duty? on you know whatever version it's going to be at that point like is, is that a, a real possibility i think it's a real possibility and it's already kind of happening at this point i um a couple of years ago i wrote a an article around esports and i and i made a very bold statement and said that uh it will be in the olympics and people were were really laughing at me and i, and I think they they didn't necessarily understand esports and the movement that was happening, but also just maybe where I thought esports was going to go in the future. I think right now, esports is very much somebody is is using a joystick or a controller and they're, you know, they're not in the game, mm -hmm. essentially. They are uh, just playing whatever that game is, is going on and the rules that are there. Where I think you touched on a little bit with, you know, how are we going to consume sports and whatever. It's this idea of, you know, like, maybe interaction or, you know, immersive type of experience or whatever. And I think that's where esports starts to go to, where there's an element of like augmented reality, virtual reality, where like they might not um, need to be the best athletes in the context of how we describe athletes today, but they're going to need to have athletic elements to play the game the way it's going to be in the future. So esports, at least in my eyes, um, this is going to be, one of those things that is going to shock people how big it becomes. And I think you could see, here's a good example. Did you know that now in college they're giving out scholarships for esports 
um, players, like people coming in, there's teams in college, just like, you know, football teams, baseball teams, that kind of thing. Did you know that? No, I had no, I had no clue. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're getting at that, like there is, um, there's becoming systems that are getting built out, like, you know, proper coaching, proper teams, proper structures to leagues and, uh, prize pools, sponsorships. So it's going to take obviously some time for that to all get to the point where, um, it's at other levels. But I think the, important thing to note and why I don't think it's going to be as long as some of these other sports is that almost every person in this world can be an esports superstar if they really wanted to. There's no really limiting factor in like uh, how maybe strong you are, how uh, tall you are, how, you know, there's limits to other sports where you, if you don't have those attributes, you have no chance to ever be a part of it. It doesn't matter how much you practice, you just odds are you're not going to make it. Where in esports, now there are some elements of hand-eye coordination, reaction times, like gameplay, things that you need to know. But you, as a, like me or you, could pick it up maybe in five years if we really practice. Like we could be somebody that's making money at the sport. So I think that point alone brings in so many people, and you're going to have so many people that are going to be interested because they feel like I could do that, I right. could be that person. So that's kind of where where my head's at on esports. I know I'm probably a lot more bullish than other people. And I'm, this is, I don't even play video games. That's the funny thing about all this is when people talk to me about esports, they're like, wow, you must, you must be like a gamer. And I'm like, no, I'm just really a, a person that pays attention to trends and pays right. attention to human behavior. And that's what I see. What I like about esports, it is the only quote unquote sport that any gender can participate in. You know, in terms of you think of the, the NBA, there's the WNBA. That's the women's league. They don't they, they get money from the NBA to survive. The WNBA has to take money from the NBA. That's just how it is. And you watch a WNBA game on TV. They're on TV. It's great. It should be on TV. But the audience, the viewership is not near that of what men get. And, and that's with any professional sports. I think I think most people just I mean, as a man, whatever, you're faster, stronger. Like some people might take that the wrong way. But like that's I'm not trying to be negative about it. But that's the reality of the situation. But with esports, you can be a woman and you can be a man and virtually like you can participate in the same sport against each other. There's not going to be like a woman esports league versus a male esports league because there's no there's no like difference in terms of skill set or athleticism between the two that are needed in gaming. You just have to have like basically uh, reaction time, you know, I mean, have a and be good at whatever the concept of the game is. So I think that is also going to involve women into this, making it more popular, bringing in a whole new slew of people saying like, you know, I can imagine someday being a man versus a woman in the finals of like the World Cup of e-gaming and like a ton of people watching that because you're going to have the women pulling for the woman and the men just being like, whatever. But I mean, it's just, it's that, that's what it can bring. And that's, no other sport can do that. You can't get it in the NFL, NHL, NBA, nothing. It just doesn't exist. And so that is a a huge potential for esports, not to mention that's safe. So, I mean, there are parents who don't want their kids playing video games because they're perceived as lazy and, and whatnot. But I, I, I would love to, to, to talk with somebody who told their parents at the age of 12 or 14, like, I don't need to play outside because I'm a professional gamer someday and make a living. And they actually fucking did it. Like, they actually grew up to make a living playing video games. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, I don't it, – it's, it's interesting you said you think it's going to be the Olympics because that would be – I'm not saying it's not possible at all because the Olympics have had had some – some crazy stuff in it. Uh, so it's not crazy to think esports could be there. I'm just wondering, like, where we're at now, if the next, it'd be a summer Olympics, winter, it could be either or, you know, like literally either or. But like, do you foresee that happening in the next 12 years? So that'd be basically three Olympic cycles. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know where the Olympics are being held at. I think it also probably has something to do with that. Like if it, it and I'm the Olympic thing is also because of esports being so global. Mm-hmm. Like I think sports to be accepted in the Olympics, the more global they are, the better because you're going to have so many competing teams. And I think that um, I know at least lately it seems like a lot of the Asian countries have been hosting or wanting to host um, Olympics because of the cost and a bunch of things that go on that are limiting to other um, countries. But if it in 12 years or whatever, if it's somebody in Japan or China or whatever like that, and there's a um, cycle time that they could get that in there, I would say that it's a pretty good chance that it could be in there now. It might be 20 years or something, but I honestly think it's be- – most people that are going to watch this, it's going to be well before um, you've passed on in life. You're, you're going to see it and you're going to be like, what the heck is is yeah. going on here? Why why is this happening? But I think it's, I mentioned before, I don't know if it's going to be just how we look at it today with like joysticks and and uh, people playing on a, on a screen. They might be some aspect inside the game, um, some immersive type of an experience where there's an aspect of athletics, but also at like gameplay and, and team aspect that goes along with it. Um, I don't know, but I, I, I definitely think it's going to be the Olympics. I'd like to see it earlier than not, just to kind of freak people out. Yeah. Because <laughs> so I think it'll open people's eyes. You want to be like, right. People Josh, are lost. You want to be right. Let's not care ourselves. You want to be right and say, ha, I told you this is going to happen. I mean, yeah. that's, that's good yeah, for I you. Do. It's good for your brain. Before I, before I check out of social media, I want it to be, uh, <laughs> want it to be one of those things where I could go point to it, you know, pull one of those flashback videos up yeah. from 10 years ago and be like, look at this. <laughs> I, I want to, like, as we, you know, over the next 10 minutes or so here, talk about, you know, we're talking about sports and, and how they might change in the next 10, 15, 20 years. One thing that I'm super interested in that, that I think probably will happen, and we've talked about this a little bit, they've done this a little bit in terms of, like, adjusting the time clock and adjusting the time of game because our attention spans as society are like nothing. I mean, we are constantly glued to our phones. We need to be doing something at all times. So you take like a major league baseball game, which is nine innings long, three outs per side. So you have six outs per inning, 54 outs in that game. Did I do that right? Yeah. Um, does an organization like major league baseball, probably the most traditional of all sporting organizations in America, do they ever look and say, maybe it's best we go to seven innings or maybe it's best that we reduce from three outs to two outs. Because we need to shorten the game to get more people to watch the game of baseball again. I think like, it's crazy to think about. But in 25 years, if our attention spans and we're not filling the stadiums, they legitimately might have to make a decision to say, let's shorten this from nine innings to seven innings because we need to get people in the seats. Yeah, I mean, I think any sport like baseball, like you know, golf, like these ones that are very slow to change, very... Um, you know, historic in the way that they were kind of established and they want to make sure that they stay true and authentic to that. Um, I think they, they struggle big time. I just think that you have to evolve and change with what's happening in this, uh, in this world. If it's, if it's digital, if it's short attention spans, if it's whatever you, you, I don't like people to you know chase those, but it's also, you can't just sit back and be and wait for it to come. Maybe the opposite trail. Oh, you know, eventually people are going to, want to come back to this simpler time. It's like, I don't think that's ever going to happen. So for me, I mean, baseball, if I'm going to pick one sport that I like to watch the most, it is baseball, especially like in person, just yeah. Yeah. the, the sights, the sounds, the smells, the, the, especially watching it over on TV because you could see the positioning of the players and you could see what's happening. And I think that's probably because I played, you put like, I think we look at the game a little bit differently, but um, I, 
as a just as a business person, I think they're going to have trouble. I think they're already having trouble, and I think they're going to continue to have trouble because they are stuck in the past. They just won't change, even though you could see they're slowly getting like a little bit. Maybe yeah. they're they're trying to warm up to it and like see, replays. But... Re- replays was recent as like three years ago. So I mean, it's that that took forever to get them to have that too. Yeah, it's like things like I mean, at this point, even this is kind of like a shocking, weird thing to think about, like taking the umpires out of the game, like especially like the home umpire, like you already have every element available to be able to just do a digital mm-hmm. uh, strike zone that's consistent 100% of the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no element of like that that goes in there. There's things like that. There's things that um, go into me that is, um, like you said, like speed of the game, just kind of um, things that need to just pick up the pace. I don't know. Um, that people are interested. I, I know that I went to a lot of baseball games in my life with friends, girlfriends, things like that. And barely anybody that I've ever went to has actually watched the game mm-hmm. at, at all, really. You know what I mean? They're just like, and that's how people are with baseball at this point. So they have a lot of catching up to do to get people interested in the game. It's also like, it's a super long season, 162 games. Like they, the games don't matter. You know what I mean? Like they're only, they don't matter as much as, and I'm not saying you advocate good out of like a 20 game season, but like cut it down. Like 162 is a lot of games. Yeah, no, you're, I mean, that, that was going to talk about that too, because the, even the length of the NBA and NHL is 82 games. And then you have the NBA playoffs, which is like another 82 games. It's just a long season that it's hard to have people invest. So I think that right there gonna be, will be one of the first things to change, whether it be the length of seasons length of games in the NBA could be going to back to the, what they do in college two 20 minute halves. Now I understand why they have four quarters in the NBA. It's an advertising play, right? Like you have X amount of timeouts per quarter, which every timeout you can have advertisers on TV after every quarter break, there's advertising, etc. I understand that. But if you're going to have people walk away from the game because it's too long, then the advertising is not going to much matter. So you have to keep people interested. So I can see the NBA, for instance, you know, the shot clock's fine where it's at, but going to two 20 minute halves. Uh, that, that that takes eight minutes off a game. I could see the Major League Baseball uh, doing kind of the soccer thing and, and allowing games to end in the tie in the regular season because some of these games, too, will go 15, 16, 17 innings. That's like a double game. That's crazy. Nobody stays, watches that. Um, I, I, I can't foresee the Major League Baseball ever going from three outs to two because I, I would actually be very upset with that as a baseball fan. But I could see a reduction in innings. I could potentially say that, but more so a reduction in length of season because it is, it is, and like you mentioned, like, Outside of opening weekend and then maybe like your rivalry games, it's kind of just there. I mean, if you go to a game, you're not watching it. You're going to drink beers with your friends and kind of hang out, um, and that's fine. I mean, baseball still, the attendance on some of these stadiums are still really good. Uh, but I think as our kids or we have kids and they grow up, if we don't have them watch these games with us, they're not going to be as interested in it. Like, I'm interested in baseball because I played. I watched it on TV. I watched my favorite superstars as a kid on TV, but – I feel like the, the, the our parents now today aren't putting as much value in sports maybe as they once did, and it's more so other things like um, I don't know maybe it's coding or what, which is not bad, but I'm just saying like that's going to change dramatically when these kids get older and pursue sports how we watch how we play and how that game is conducted. Yeah, I mean I, you, we've talked I think a lot about the the aspects inside like the sport like changing some things within the sport to make it more appealing to uh, the audience or the consumer because i think it's i mean the ones that stick around are the ones that you know can 
keep the revenue the highest for the longest period of time because it comes with advertising. Comes with, so I know this is probably a discussion for a, a whole other day, but the idea of like who's going to be able to make the quickest changes to become like it more immersive or something that's going to like completely shock you. I mean, like if you're able to watch it as like a 1P over like a 3P, like in the sense of like, say I'm a fan of you know Tom Brady and I can actually watch the game as as Tom Brady's playing it. Like yep. when he's quarterbacking, I can see where his eyes are at. I can see what he's doing. like. That brings in a whole different element of like you being involved in the game. Mm-hmm. And then that brings in so much other things. So like even like, like baseball, I mean, the element of baseball where I think people don't understand is like how difficult it is, it, like from hitting a ground ball to round bat, like you might have some element of being able to like be involved in that a little bit. And then it gives a greater appreciation, gives you more of a um, connectability to it. And then you're, you know, maybe that changes the trajectory of baseball or, or any of these sports. I think it's, you know, who can maybe um, be on brand with technology and be able to like be first and be really leaning in on it. And I think that one could potentially be the one that's like the biggest. It doesn't matter if we think, you know, that um, NFL is turning into a sissy sport or all like the, I think the technology layer might take everything up to a new level. Great point. I'm just th- when you said that, I was just thinking like, how cool to be to throw on the virtual reality goggles and be the left field, left, uh, be the left fielder for and watch the ball and like watch what he sees. Yeah. Or be the pitcher, or be a baseball player, uh, uh, the the hitter. Um, it, it's interesting too because the overhead cam in the NFL did not exist until the XFL. It came from that, but that like changed how we consumed NFL because you you were now in the huddles and you're over the top of the the quarterback. So that's a great point. I mean, I think if they just make the product more consumable in a beneficial way for a consumer to make sure that they're invested into that game, it is going to help the longevity of that sport. And it's it's going to be super interesting to see how things because. You know, 10 years ago, you and I would have sat down and said, well, I don't think the NFL is going to be around in 30 years. That was never came up. I mean, it was hot. It was at the highest, and, and so many people were watching it. But, you know, then the, the concussion cases stuff happened, and uh, it just changed that entire aspect of how we consume football. And then, obviously, the, the stuff outside the sport that turns certain people off. But um, I would love to hear what the listeners think on this, too, because, we, I mean, I made a claim saying that the NFL is not going to be around in 25 years, so I'm probably going to get my head – bit off by a bunch of people but I and you made a claim that you wrote an article a couple years ago that esports is gonna be in the Olympics so I mean those are two big bold claims that we made here on the podcast and if you guys are listening to this on iTunes Spotify uh, watching via YouTube you can converse with us on YouTube we do a great job there of getting back to people Uh, Facebook page two guys one shaker cup on Facebook but we love to hear feedback and and converse where we can and uh, if you want to debate us, Josh is great at getting involved in debates. So um, I let him take most of those. But it's, uh, it's, a, it's a place for you guys and girls to provide your comments and feedback to what you heard on the show today. And we're more than happy to jump in there and, and converse back and forth with each and every single one of you. Definitely appreciate it, guys. If, uh, and it, we'd also like, um, if you guys have any suggestions for new episodes, um, I know that me and Ryan are pretty creative guys and we, we come up with these all on our own, believe it or not. But uh, if you guys do have some things that you'd like us to cover, um, we would love to uh, kind of do that, especially if it's something we think is going to be interesting to a lot of people. Yeah, man, absolutely. So go ahead and hit that go ahead and hit that subscribe button on iTunes or Spotify or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Write us a review as well. Helps out the algorithm so more people can discover the Two Guys One Shaker Cup podcast. Until next week. I'm Ryan Bucks. That's Joshua Shaw. Y'all have yourself a wonderful day.
subscribe to our podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.